0: Let's pray. God, we are glad to be together, and we know that you are here with us. So we pray that you would open our hearts by the power of your Spirit, that you would open our ears and our eyes, our hearts and our minds, so that we might hear a word from you. And God, may the words of my mouth and the thoughts of all of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing to you, God, for you are our rock and our Redeemer. Amen. There's this house in our neighborhood that puts up the coolest light display this time of year. We can't exactly call them Christmas lights because judging by the decorations, it's a Jewish household and they are meant to be Hanukkah lights. There's a blow-up mensch on a bench. There's an enormous polar bear holding a huge dreidel. There's a massive menorah and a little button that you can push that plays festive music and a video that tells the story of Hanukkah. Put it together and it's this incredible display of white and blue light every night this time of year. And anytime we're headed home in the car, especially if it's dark outside, our kids will ask from the back seat, Can we go see the blue house? And it's close to home, so most of the time, the answer is yes. We go see the blue house with the mench on the bench and the enormous polar bear and huge dreidel. We push the button, we hear the story, and we head on home, knowing that next time we are out in the dark, someone will surely say, let's go see the blue house. Let's go see the lights. We started a series last Sunday, Christmas Lights is what it's called, and it's all about Jesus. Because Jesus, Scripture tells us, is the light of the world. And this Advent, just like every Advent, we remind ourselves and proclaim to all the earth that Christ is coming into the world. And there are some key phrases that we're using throughout this series. Know the light, see the light, love the light, be the light. These phrases help us think about how we interact with Jesus, the light of the world, and I think they help us understand how we can welcome him into our lives in such a way that we are transformed and become vessels for his light to shine into the world. Last week, we started with know the light, and we read this lovely story of Jesus going up a mountain with some of his disciples and and then beginning to shine like the sun He was transfigured before them, and and suddenly they knew that Jesus wasn't just another exceptional human being, not just another powerful prophet, not just a great teacher and example for all, but that Jesus was, in fact, the decisive representation of the divine, the source and judge of life. He was God himself. We, too, can know Jesus in this way, that he is God made flesh with all the glory and power and majesty and wonder of God, yes, but also with human hands that reach out to us when we hurt and with a human voice that says, do not fear when we are afraid. We, when we know the light, we know that Jesus' mission is to save the world, not condemn it. When we know the light, we know that Jesus wants to be with us, not against us. And when we know the light, we know that he shines into every darkness. And this morning's focus is see the light. The scripture that will guide us comes from the gospel according to Luke. It's something of a poem, a song, sung by Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist. And he's sort of reciting it to or about his son, John, who will prepare the way for Jesus. Let's read it together. It's Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 68. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has looked favorably on his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a mighty Savior for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke through the mouth of his holy prophets from of old, that we would be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. Thus he has shown the mercy promised to our ancestors and has remembered his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our ancestor Abraham to grant us that we, being rescued from the hands of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the forgiveness of their sins. By the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness And in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Zechariah's song is a song of joy. Rejoicing that God's people finally, finally will see the light. It's a poem about God acting at last. Finally doing what God had promised many centuries ago and doing it at a time when his people had had their fill of hatred and oppression and darkness. One evil empire after another had trampled them underfoot and now at last God was going to give them deliverance. When we read the poem, we can feel the long years of pain and sorrow and darkness and death that had overshadowed Zechariah's mind. But when we read the poem, we can also feel the long years of quiet prayer and trust. God had made a covenant with Abraham. Abraham. God had promised to send a new David. God had spoken of a prophet who would go ahead and prepare the way. All these things Zechariah had known and had believed and had prayed for and had longed for. And now, now they were all about to come true. And we can read much of this poem simply as a celebration of what we might call political salvation the defeat of enemies, the installation of a new leader, but there are also signs that Zechariah's vision goes beyond. Beyond a simple realigning of political powers. God's mercy, the forgiveness of sins, the rescue from death itself, all of this points to the deepest and widest meaning of salvation. It's not so simple as, oh, finally, life will be easier now. No, Luke is preparing us to see that God, in fulfilling the great promises of the Old Testament, is going beyond this worldly salvation and opening a door to a whole new world in which sin and death themselves will be dealt with and defeated The metaphor that Zechariah uses to communicate all of this is one we live every day, the sunrise. Here's what he says, verse 78. By the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet in the way of peace. The dawn from on high will break upon us. I'm not one of those people who is often awake at dawn, and frankly, I've never set my alarm so that I could be able to see the sunrise. But there have been plenty of times throughout my life that that I've seen the sunrise, the dark night gradually giving way, growing lighter and lighter until finally the sun breaks the horizon, firing up the sky. Zechariah uses this metaphor on purpose because the people of Israel have been through a long, dark night, but they have known all along. They've known all along that it wouldn't last forever. They had known that the darkness wouldn't last forever because God had promised that it wouldn't. It's the perfect metaphor for Advent, the sunrise, because God is coming into the world. We may not be able to avoid the suffering and darkness of, the, of life, But like the sun rising in the east, there is nothing we can do to stop the light of God from breaking into the darkness to heal and redeem the whole world. You know, you can see the sun rise any morning, even if it's not in some picturesque place at the coast or in the mountains. You you can sit outside anywhere with a cup of coffee and see the dark turn to light even on the cloudiest of days, and it's hard not to feel hopeful when you see the sun rise, when you're reminded in a very real way that darkness cannot overcome the light. There's no way to stop the light from coming into the world, but there are there are plenty of ways to deny it entry into your life. You could sleep through it. You could keep the blinds closed. You could stay inside all day, and it's the same with Jesus. There's no way to stop Jesus, the light of the world, from coming into the world. But there are plenty of ways to deny him entry into your life and thus to deny that his presence could have any impact on you. And you get to make that choice. You get to choose whether you look for and see the light And this time of year, not only is there a sunrise each and every morning to remind you that Jesus is coming into the world, to remind you that there's no stopping God who is making all things new, but there are also neighbors all around us who put up beautiful strings of Christmas lights on their rooftops, hanging from trees, lining the sidewalks, each and every one, a very real sign that the light of God is not far away. Light, of course, is our guiding metaphor in this series. So things like sunrise and Christmas lights provide poetic imagery. But when it comes to seeing the light of Christ in the world, Zechariah wants to make sure we know exactly where to look. Listen again to how he says it in verse 78. By the tender mercy of our God. By the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high has broken upon us. The tender mercy. It's the second time in the song that Zechariah mentions God's mercy. And here we find the fundamental basis for God's behavior at all times. God is merciful. And later in the story, Jesus will identify mercy as the primary motivation behind God's activity in the world and as the basis for the behavior of his disciples. Who was the neighbor in the story? The one who showed him mercy. Mercy is simply compassion or kindness. Compassion or kindness shown to someone who may or may not deserve it. And it almost sounds too simple. But that is precisely where you will see the light of Christ. That's precisely the place that Christ will enter into your life life. So pause for a moment right now and think, when was it that someone was kind to you? And when was it that you showed compassion to someone else? There was mercy. There was Christ. That is where you see the light, because the dawn from on high has broken upon us by the tender mercy of our God. Let's pray. God of love, I pray that none of us will hide ourselves from your light, but will instead look to each sunrise, to each Christmas light, to each act of compassion and kindness and see you, the promised Messiah, who has come to save us from our sin. God, give us eyes to see and ears to hear all that you're doing in our midst and transform us so that we may shine your light into the world. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen.